On this episode of the Fifth Estate Podcast, the Premier gets the woo flu, Will slaps Chris, and more. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Good evening, Melbourne. My name's Cameron Blewett, and this is the 34th episode of the Fifth Estate Podcast for Monday, 28th of March, 2022. Uh, now, kicking this episode off, there's the, the, the unfortunate news that we've all been dreading is that the Premier has got the woo flu. Uh, he says the symptoms are mild and he's fully stocked with Panadol, so we'll just have to wait and see if he can pull through this killer virus and, you know, and is able to, you know, face the public again after Warney's uh, memorial, which could be, is that a reason why he got sick? But hey, who knows? Anyway, we'll just have to wait and see. So, you know, fingers crossed that the Premier pulls through because, you know what, we all do want to have the pleasure of, you know, watching him as he concedes defeat in the November election. Now, also, speaking about the elections, uh, after talking yesterday about, uh, yesterday, the day before, about Damien Richardson uh, running for the, uh, what was it, running for the Senate, uh, as an independent for Victoria, uh, a couple of people contacted me and said, hey, Morgan Jonas is doing that. Uh, so, you know, they said, oh, well, what about him? You know, isn't he a good pick? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I have doubts about um, what he's trying to do. Um, uh, yeah. The whole thing doesn't smell right to me, um, especially with his involvement with RDA and then the, the short-lived stint with, um, was it Palmer United? Um, and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, have a look through his policies and everything like that. I think that it just goes to show... Uh, how politically naive he is. Um, let me just pull up his thing here. Okay. One of his um, policies is a direct democracy. Now, um, you know what? I've ranted about it before. I think democracy is a totally fucked up thing um, that we do not want to live in a democracy um, because that essentially is just mob rule. Um, yeah, you know, everyone gets in and, and votes about whatever it is. You know what? As I said, I'd love to see a a system of government where, hey, we're all left to our own devices. Um, we vote once a year or, or if that uh, for something um, and, you know, that may change the uh, government's involvement in our life or change something. I mean, I, I'd even go as far as to say, you know, never vote again. Um, because any time that there's anything that the government can do to get their fingers into our, their hands into our pockets and their noses into our lives, they're going to take it. Uh, so going back to his uh, de de direct democracy, okay, so having a look, reading directly from his website, uh, direct democracy, the power to implement, amend and remove legislation must ultimately lay in the hands of the people. Now, 
Yeah. So why do we need legislation there to begin with? Why can't we be left to our own devices to decide things? Um, so going on, it says, Representative government has failed the public and compromised our democratic system. Voters are deceived into supporting individuals who often do not represent nor advocate for the interests of the citizen. Uh, this monumental betrayal of trust must be rectified in order to return democracy to its rightful owners, the public. This can be achieved via a system of direct democracy. Um, Citizen-initiated referenda, the ability for the public to instigate impeachment proceedings uh, of elected members of parliament, the ability for public intervention on pending legislation that threatens the nature, the natural freedoms of the citizen, uh, elections for key positions, including but not limited to governor, general governors, commissioners, judges, and chief medical slash health officers. Now, remember, he's running for the Senate. So, okay, so he's running at the federal level, all right? So he's whatever um, legislation that decides to get passed is going to have no impact on the appointment of governors, um, commissioners, because I think most of them are passed by an act of parliament. Um, judges are obviously appointed by the AGs or the chief health officer. Now, they're done by the states slash territories. Now, that none of that is going to be able to be controlled by the uh, Commonwealth. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, as I said, I, there, there's just so much in there that reading through it, it's just like, mate, are you really that naive? Um, you know what? Why not just, you know, just turn around and say, hey, I don't want any form of government at all. And you know what? I'm happy to say that the the smaller the government, the less legislation or the less power that the government has to interrupt and interfere in our lives, uh, the better it is as far as I'm concerned. Um, So, you know what, running this thing is that elections for the public positions, um, it's one of those things that can easily be uh, corrupted by those who have the biggest checkbook. Uh, running campaigns, uh, advertising campaigns and all that sort of stuff. Um, Also, okay, talking about um, an election of the Governor-General. Okay, so that's obviously a constitutional change there because it makes it clear that the the Governor-General is is appointed by Her Majesty or the Monarch, uh, at the moment it's Her Majesty, uh, on the advice of the Prime Minister of the day. Now, for that constitutional change to turn around and say, hey, the GG is going to be a democratically elected person, <laughs> I, I don't like the chances of that one um, getting across the line. Uh, as for the rest, eh, I'd like to see more of a... Um, if it has to be that these people are appointed, more of a committee style things where the government of the day uh, puts their representatives out, similar to what's going on in the US at the moment with um, the uh, candidate for the Supreme Court. Uh, You know, obviously go through the candidate, um, through the selection process, though the committee that appoints them uh, should be a committee that is not government controlled. So it's a thing. Yes, that's going to have potential um, problems there because if the um, committee doesn't like the the candidate or wants to get back at the government, then they can just say no to that. Well, 
you know what, so be it. Um, but, yeah, ultimately I'd like to see where, no, they have no involvement in anything. Um, so citizen-initiated citizen re- referenda, well, who's going to pay for it? What's the trigger going to be? I mean, you know, there's, there's – and to do that, then that also um, implies that we have um, faith in the integrity of the electoral bodies. Um, you know what? It's it's if, if what we're seeing overseas is replicated out here, and we've seen it, where um, council elections have been um, – cancelled or there's been um, Victoria Police investigated that for potential fraud, who's to say it doesn't happen at the state and federal level? Now, I'm not saying that the VEC or the AEC or any other um, electoral commission is corrupt or or doing the wrong thing. Uh, My thoughts are it does leave a lot open uh, for the potential for uh, things to be uh, how would you say, um, skewed in a particular way to favour particular candidates. Uh, so, yes. So, anyway, um, my thoughts on Morgan Jonas, given the choice, I wouldn't be voting for him. Um, you know what, I might put him down, depending on how many independents are running in the Senate in Victoria. Now, I do believe he is running uh, as a Senate candidate in Victoria. Uh, it just says Senate on his uh, website, though he is based in Victoria, so I'm I'm hoping that my two and two do equal four in this instance, and it's not something different. So, anyway, um, that being said, no, um, won't be getting my vote. Um, I think at, until you know more independent candidates um, put their head up above the trench uh, and and you know say, hey, you know what, I'm running for the independent, you know, for the Senate in Victoria, uh, an independent candidate. Mm. Yeah, so I think that being said, I think um, Damien Richardson's going to get my vote. Um, more for that. Um, actually, having a look at it now, just just while I was waffling here, um, <clears throat> I have a bit of a... <laughs> uh, he has, his website has gone live Uh now, it is interesting he does say we say no to a social credit score. So he is aware of the Great Reset and social credit and all that sort of stuff. Uh, tell the truth, we need open and transparent government. Uh, governments are meant to represent us, not rule over us. Completely agree with that. Disclosure, not propaganda. Uh, enshrine our freedoms. Now, natural liberties are being eroded. A common good is not a license for the state, uh, for the government to ignore our freedoms. We are born free, not subjects of the state. <laughs> Drain the billabong. Uh, yes. Um, so that's his policies at the moment, protect kids, uh, completely agree with that. Now, I, I'll, I'll come back to that one in a minute. I think that there's <coughs> uh, problems there with our children. Uh, so, yeah, so going back to that, yeah, unless he, he changes what he is doing, um, I'm not inclined to vote for, for Morgan Jonas um having a look at his other ones um he's got a, a specific covid-19 um position well why why have it um <clears throat> a specific thing there why not just say future pandemics because who knows what's going to come around the corner uh government taxations blah human rights 
the impl- implementation of a Bill of Rights is required in order to safeguard Australia's mo- Australians' most fundamental human rights and civil liberties, including, but not limited to, freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of movement, freedom to earn, freedom against self-incrimination. Shouldn't that be protection against? Freedom to gather, freedom of bodily, bodily autonomy, freedom of self-defence, freedom of per- um, parental rights, freedom of privacy, freedom to associate. Yeah, I, I think he's he's showing his naivety here and there's a whole lot that are coming soon. Uh, so he's only got COVID-19, government tax slash taxation reduction, uh, dem- direct democracy and human rights. Uh, he's got sovereignty? Oh, no, sovereignty there. Um, bit of a waffle about nothing that means anything. So manufacturing coming soon, trades coming soon. Education, energy, environment, China, firearms, suppression order, surveillance, social media, family, tradition, veterans, commercial giants and defence are all coming soon. Uh, Excuse me, I just need to have another cough. And I'm back. Um, So, yeah, I, I... I'll remain to be impressed um, by him. I can't see that that is going to be happening anytime soon. Uh, I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. As I said, won't be getting my vote. Uh, I, I, yeah. Anyway, we'll just leave it at that one. We'll wait and see what happens as the election uh, rolls on a bit further. Um, yes, I know Damien Richardson has less up. Um, on his website as policies and positions and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, hey, it uh, you know it's a start. Uh, I think he's got the the right part there about uh, ind- education on indoctrination. Parents raise children, not the state. Families are the fundamental basis of our civilization. Uh, I think that that is a good start. So we'll just have to uh, wait and see now. Under Drain the Billabong, it says less bureaucracy means more freedom. Bureaucratic red tape impedes common sense. Uh, number three, international treaties remain subservient to the natural interest. National interest. Four, government departments must remain nonpartisan in the execution of their responsibilities. Five, all bureaucracies left unchecked creep towards totalitarianism. Now we've seen that with everything in in this wonderful state of Victoria. Um, so yes. Um, yeah, so now um, talking about the, the, the protect our kids. Uh, now, th- there's something that is a bit concerning uh, as a parent as well. Now, uh, there's reports in the Herald Sun this, uh, today about uh, kids not being able to use the toilets uh, because of uh, the toilets being locked because the school wants to stop people vaping and everything like that. Now, there's at least one school in my local area that does that uh, has, and for the children to use the toilets, they have to go up to the office. So you have to ask to leave the classroom, then you have to go to the office to ask for a key to go to the toilet and then there's um, someone following you to open the toilet for you. Um, so, yeah, you know what, I, I, mm, um, I'm, I'm trying to get confirmation on that uh, that that is the case, uh, but yeah, if if it is 
confirmed to be true, uh, that is very problematic and I think it is something that should be raised with our new acting premier because, as I said, the stamen's fallen down with the woo flu. So the education minister, uh, James James Molino, uh, is now the uh, acting premier. So, hey, man, he's, he's wearing two hats at that time. So uh, that's something that I will be taking up with him, um, finding out, obviously, con- confirmation from the school uh, in the first place, and then if it is confirmed, then I will be taking that up with the education minister. And I think that that's something that does need to be looked at. Uh, if the school can't manage their, um, if if the the management of the school or the administration of the school can't manage uh, things to prevent children vaping in the toilets, then I think that the administration needs to be booted out and then a new one put in that can manage that uh, manage that um, problem. I mean, if they have to employ more staff, they have to employ more staff. Uh, but I don't think that they should be locking toilets and having kids go and ask for permission or go and ask for the keys and then being escorted to the toilets um because they're concerned about someone vaping um so that's as i said that's very very problematic there uh i am making further inquiries and uh we'll let you know as soon as i do find out more about that uh now what else is there oh the other thing uh that is sort of semi-news today is that uh it came out on what was it? Live TV on the Oscars. Uh, Will Smith gave Chris Rock a bit of a slap because he said something about Jada. Now, this just shows you how corrupt, warped, how do as I say, not as I do. Whatever it is that you want to do to, to describe the ruling class um, or the evil class or whatever you want to describe them as, that where else can you can you go somewhere? Pick on an individual for whatever reason. Pick on an individual in front of, let's say, a couple of hundred people streamed all over the world. So let's say a couple of million people expect to get some laughs from it, expect it's funny, and then have the partner of that person get up and slap you across the face and then the partner goes and sits down and pretends nothing's happened and then, hey, couple of minutes later accepts a best actor gong or statue or whatever it is that they do gets an award for for doing something that their peer peer group has decided you know what you're the best of it in this year so it just shows you how <clears throat> how warped things are with that um is it cesspool whatever it is however you want to define hollywood um now i'm not saying that the violence was acceptable uh it's not um not violence should only be uh implemented at uh, as a last resort and it should only be implemented to stop the threat it should not be done to belittle anyone or anything like that which is what that slap was i mean come on seriously man if you know will smith's an action hero he should know how to throw a punch and if you know what, if he was really concerned about what was being said, I mean, why why give him a slap? Why not use a close fist and just knock him out um, for that? So you know what, there's the other thing too that this could be part of some setup for something else later on. 
who knows? Uh, the only thing that is known at the moment is that um, you know someone got slapped and no one said anything about it. They're not being condemned. They're not being um, criticised in any way. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um, now, what else was there that I was going to rant about today? Um, <clears throat> there was... Obviously, the, the, the Twitterverse is going absolutely bonkers today about all sorts of stuff. Um, if you're game enough to to go and have a play in um, that quagmire or that pit of whatever it is, um, oh, my one of my fans on Twitter. Um. Yeah. So anyway, um, left a comment um to to something where I was trying to wind them up and and oh, they left their condolences for Stamen. Um. Oh, so that was the other thing I wanted to rant about this um particular Twitter account that we believe is a um someone paid by Andrews's um PR department. Uh, because I have a um, Twitter handle with that, has said, Australians wishing Dan Andrews a speedy recovery after the Victorian Premier tested positive for COVID. Andrews, who became the de facto Prime Minister of Australia during the pandemic, will isolate for seven days. Hashtag Ospol. Now, when did he become the de facto Prime Minister? <laughs> I never considered him that. Um, I still call, you know, he's still the the dictator in charge of the state of Victoria, um, never once considered him the de facto Prime Minister. Um, you know what, though, hey, having said that, could have been because our Prime Minister has shown no intestinal fortitude in standing up to the states and saying, hey, this is what we agreed in National Cabinet, this is what you're going to do. Instead, he comes out and says one thing, National Cabinet's agreed for this, and the... Labor Premier, State Premiers have gone out saying, oh, you know what, we don't agree with that. We're going to do something different. Um, so, yes. Uh, what else is there? Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. Nothing else exciting there. Um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things that, yeah, Twitter is a weird, weird, weird place. Um, it's, yeah, you, you can't take it seriously. I, th- I think that's the only way to describe it. Um, if you see something on Twitter, you've got to consider why someone's doing that, why someone's posting that. Anyway, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't recommend getting too involved in it because you're uh, likely to... Give yourself a skin condition because with the amount of crap that's going on in there, you're going to have to wash yourself that often that there's going to be a point where all the soaps that you're using on yourself is going to give yourself a skin condition. And to be clear, not saying anything about skin conditions. I'm just saying that you're going to be washing yourself that much because it is such a dirty place uh, that you're likely to do that. Um, oh, What is that now? There's, 
Something I did want to touch on briefly, there's been a couple of um, Fair Work Commission decisions relating to jabs and everything like that. Um, They haven't come out in favour of the dismissed employee, though it's the thing is that the comments made by the member uh, are concerning and I think it's that the Fair Work Commission has lost lost touch with reality. Um, they're supposed to be, uh, you know, it, it's a thing interpreting the, the law, the legislation, the act and all that sort of stuff. You know, like it's a quasi-judicial uh, tribunal. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's something that with the way that it is interpreting things does make you wonder are they pushing a government line um it's either that or the members are just that far out of touch with reality that that it just boils the mind now uh one case that does come to mind can't remember the the name of it but it was an unfair dismissal application that was dismissed because the application was lodged out of time now for an out of time application uh to be successful, then the applicant needs to impress upon the member that there was, um, you know, extenuating circumstances that justified the late uh, lodgement of the application. Now, in this particular instance, uh, the member was uh, Deputy President Maltoni. Now, She's a new deputy president. How she got to that position, I have no freaking idea. Um, she must know where bodies are buried or someone owes her a favour. Uh, I think that she is probably one of the worst people to be put into the a deputy president's position on the commission. Um, I've made comments about her on um, some of my other industrial relations podcasts because she's just one of those people that... Um, <clears throat> will go out and, and was just doing the rounds of all the business groups and, and you know, waffling about this and waffling about that and has no idea about anything um, and yet for, for some reason has got to that position. Um, so, as I said, it, it, it baffles me how she got there. Um, but anyway, um, so this, this case in particular, uh, the applicant had emailed uh, the application off First instance was the incorrect email address. So then a bounce back came saying that email address does not exist. The second, so I think that they did it at, at <coughs> sorry, at um, fwc.gov and a bounce back saying that that does not exist. So then it became um, the email was to um, Brisbane at uh, fwc.gov.au. Now that one is the incorrect email address because unfortunately there was a bit of a typo and two eyes were put in in Brisbane. Now, according to the uh, the applicant, what was said during the, this decision is that there was no bounce back received. Blah blah blah. Time went on uh, and then they've called to say, "Hey, I haven't heard anything." The commission said, "No, we haven't received." It. And then I think that they've emailed it again, which was out of time and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, the deputy, particular deputy president at this point in time has questioned saying, hey, can you email me again and tell me if you have a bounce back? And then the applicant emailed, got a bounce back uh, and 
uh, said, you know what, yep, it has happened. So I think that said it had happened or something like that. But anyway, um, so Deputy President Moltoni turned around and said, well, no, I, that's not a good enough reason. I think it's up to you that when you lodge something, you've got to check your spam. You've got to be more proactive. Well, let's turn it around to the other, I'll put the shoe on the other foot. Why doesn't the Fair Work Commission have a catch-all email address for the applicants who may not be technologically literate and may do incorrect spelling on things? So in this instance, Brisbane with double I instead of B-R-I-S-B-A-N-E. So, you know, let's put the onus back on the commission. So the commission is the one that wants to make as accessible as possible. So... Why didn't the commission have a catch-all email address where someone could go through that, decide what's crap, throw it, you know, delete it, decide what needs to be forwarded off to a different department? So, on the in this instance, hey, whilst the uh, let's say in the, according to the act and everything like that, yeah, she didn't err, err on any side of law, though I think that she really dismiss the spirit of the law and the the responsibility that the commission has itself with that yes there should be some responsibility on the applicant though if the applicant made two attempts then they do generally want to lodge it um you know what i mean we've all done typos looked at something and said yep that looks fine and just gone bang emailed it off um you know look at all the typos on social media where we put something out, we can look at something, yep, that looks right, that looks right, yep, bang, then all of a sudden it's not. Uh, so in this instance, I think she made the wrong decision, um, putting the onus on to the applicant to ensure that it was, pardon me, delivered correctly and received correctly rather than um, putting the onus onto the commission and saying, hey, you know what, the commission's at fault here because the commission should have had the forethought to use a catch-all email address. And, and for the deputy president to turn around and say, hey, you need to check your spam more often. Um, I've got a Gmail address. And my God, there's so much crap that goes into that email, email that that spam thing, you know, that, that email box. I never check it. I just do a mass delete probably, you know, once a week, once a fortnight because there's that many emails in there, just delete it. Um, so, you know what, why... Why should the applicant have to check the spam email address just in case something came back from the commission that was that? You know what, shouldn't the commission turn around and say, hey, you know what, let's have a look at it. Let's say, yes, we will accept the receipt of this, though we will also send a response saying this is the incorrect email address. It has been forwarded to the right one, which is blah, 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 blah. Um, you know what, that's what a modern organisation should be doing, especially one that is um, there to, or, you know, wants to be accessible and, and all that sort of stuff. So um, for her first decision, I think Deputy, Deputy President Moltoni got it wrong. Um, as I said, yes, it's right um, according to the law and everything like that. The requirement is for assessing a um, – actually, no, I even think it is wrong because you would say that – she, she acknowledged the mistake for the first one, so then she's emailed off, didn't get a bounce back. So for all intents and purposes, it's been received. Uh, it's only been later on that she's found out that it hasn't and had to send it again. 
Um, so you know what? I, I, in this instance, I think that she has stuffed up. Uh, she's made the wrong decision. Um, do you want to put it down as a newbie mistake? Well, no. No. This person is a deputy president and this person has just turned around and said that uh, this individual's unfair dismissal application is to be dismissed because it was out of time. Um, no. No. Not at all. Shouldn't give her any any um, leeway for being new or anything like that. Um, so uh, we'll just have to wait and see what other decisions Deputy President Moltoni comes out with uh, and whether they're all just as bad as the first one or whether she gets better as time goes by. Uh, so there we go. About half past now, uh, half an hour. Um, I think I'll leave it this one here. Uh, we'll go into the other decisions in tomorrow night's episode, um, I want to talk a bit more about them and, and how, as I said, how out of touch the the, the commission is getting. So um, anyway, uh, so I'll wrap it up here. Thanks for listening. My name's Cameron Blewett. Uh, you can find me at the fifth.estate, that is F-I-F-T-H dot estate, um, and all that sort of stuff. So thanks for listening and hope to jo- hope you join me on the next one. Bye for now.